This uh, past week has been difficult for many people. I know I've had a hard time adjusting to things. Uh, what I'm referring to is daylight savings time. It's been very hard for me to wake up at the appropriate time over the past week. Uh, and my kids have been getting me up at all the wrong hours since daylight savings time happened. Uh, aside from that, though, there's been other issues which you might be aware of. <laughs> Those being, of course, the uh, potential spread or the spread of the coronavirus and uh, it becoming officially, as recognized by the World Health Organization, a pandemic. Uh, it's important and perhaps even uh, so obvious that it um, doesn't even need to be acknowledged, but it's important for us to acknowledge that this reality has affected each and every one of us in our families, um, you know, in our communities, in our businesses, uh, in our um, civic, national, and international, um, you know, events. Uh, and all of this has caused a great deal of dis um, concern, a lot of anxiety, a lot of fear. Um, it, it has, uh, in many ways, beyond its actual physical medical impact, negatively impacted all of humanity. Uh, over the past several weeks, but of course here in our local area or during this immediate period of time over the past two weeks or so. And whenever we hear something new, it seems to impact us again. And we, as we come to terms with things, then we have to come to terms with them all over again with the new reality that we're faced with and also the reality that we're not quite certain uh, when we're going to be able to have any sense of faith or normalcy that things have settled into some sort of pattern, even if it's a new pattern. When will that pattern change? Uh, when will we find ourselves again having to disrupt or impact um, our lifestyle and you know the, uh, the, the things that we do uh, on a day-to-day -day basis? All of this naturally um, is going to affect us negatively. We're human beings, and as human beings, even uh, the most faithful and even the most um, uh, fortified amongst us are going to feel a nervousness and anxiety from time to time. And apparently that means that we cannot find toilet paper in the stores anymore for some reason. However, here in the United States, this seems to be how this fear has manifested itself. So the question is, what can we do uh, during this time, uh, particularly as Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ, you know, uh, as Armenians who have as our foundation, uh, who have as our strength, uh, the love uh, and the promise of salvation of Jesus Christ? How can we lean on our faith during this time? How can we rely, how can we rely on it? in such a way that it's going to positively benefit us. It's going to give us the strength. It's going to give us, you know, the vision. It's going to give us all of the virtues and qualities that we require so that um, we can overcome this period of time in our lives. This period of time we find ourselves in is, of course, uh, Great Lent. And this week uh, is the week of the uh, steward, the unjust steward, as it's referred to sometimes. Uh, he was a figure about which Christ told a parable who was not, in most ways, an admirable person and not an honorable person, but what he was was a clever person. 
He, what he was was an opportunistic person. What he was was a zealous person. Uh, he was somebody who found himself in a situation um, that was not desirable, that was bad for him personally. Um, his, his Lord was going to demand of him things that he couldn't give because of his um, poor behavior or bad performance. So uh, as a response, he goes about doing all sorts of bad things, telling lies and manipulating other people um, so that he can come out of this difficult situation on top and be successful. And of course, uh, some people read this particular passage and they're confused by the nature of this parable. Why is Christ telling us about this man? But he goes on to clarify that he's not holding up this man's behavior as exemplary um, in its content, but he is holding up the example of his devotion towards achieving his goals and his aims. And that um, those who would be children of God have to have uh, zealousness, um, who have to be opportunistic, who have to be passionate and use whatever means necessary to them so that they can be worthy to be, as uh, Christ says, uh, sons of light. They can be um, those that will um, give uh, a uh, impression or to give this uh, sense to those around them that they are children of God. They need to, to shed that light through their good behavior. They need to um, illuminate the world around them. And in order to do that, they have to work really hard. They have to be passionate and to be zealous. And we can look to this time that we have as children of God and say, this is an opportunity for us to be passionate, for us to be opportunistic, for us to be zealous, for us to use whatever talents, to use whatever sort of resources we have at our hand, to redevote them and to recommit them to this project of salvation and to be worthy to be called children of God. And it will, of course, be a struggle. I'm reminded of a story that was told to me about a woman who was suffering from cancer and went to uh, a monastery to ask the abbot to pray for her. And she told the abbot that uh, she was told that the cancer was fatal and that uh, she was not, she was told by her doctors that she wasn't going to survive. And she asked the abbot to pray for her and um, the abbot said that I will pray for you. Uh, but what I'm going to pray for you is this, that in the time to come, when you are facing a great struggle, that you have the strength and the faith to make that struggle a glorious one. This is a time for us in our lives when we can struggle gloriously. We can say that some of us are in a position of security, and if this lasts for a month or two, or who knows how long, we'll be fine in the end. There are many people who will not be fine in the end after all this is finished. They will, if not impacted by the virus directly, they will lose their jobs, they will find their retirement funds depleted because of the state of the economy or the stock market. Um, they will find um, that the uh, nature of their um, 
circle and social group and community that they're a part of has been altered or impacted. And all of these things are going to mean that life will not return to normal for them. However, this does not mean that they have to become victims. This means that they find themselves living in a different period of time in their life. And that during this new period of time in their life, they've been called to still be children of God and children of light and to radiate the goodness and the justice uh, and to radiate um, the benevolence and the virtue that all of us are called to in new, in glorious and exciting ways. Following the story of the unjust steward is another story that we don't often talk about uh, in our sermon, even though it's in the lectionary. That's the story of the beggar and Lazarus the beggar and the rich man. In this story, we hear about two individuals, a pitiful man named Lazarus who was never respected and never had a moment in his life where he had the chance or opportunity that others did. He was looked down upon, and he was also sick. And there's another man who's not named in the story who's only known as the rich man. The rich man has every opportunity. The rich man is respected. The rich man is honored. And the time comes for both of them to pass away. And Lazarus, the beggar, who was a righteous man, was, according to the gospel, welcomed into the bosom of Abraham, which is a way of saying that he came to heaven. And the rich man, who despite his opportunity and despite his respect and honor, was not a good person, did not enter into the bosom of Abraham. And the rich man complained, saying, Father Abraham, accept me. Look at all that I did in my life. And Abraham responds saying, there is such a gulf between us that it should never be overcome. Meaning that the choices that he made in his life resulted in his vartska. He was repaid with all of the good things that happened in his life according to his ego and pride and all of the things that he wanted at that time. But that Lazarus the beggar, who suffered but was good throughout his life, would receive his reward in heaven. And that is the way that it should remain. In this story, we're reminded that whatever moment we find ourselves in our life at this time, whether it be for joy or suffering or whether it be for peace or strife, that whatever moment that we find ourselves in this time is but temporary and that above all, we are still called to be good. And for that goodness, we will be blessed. So whatever difficulty we're facing during this difficult time, remember, we are children of God, and we are children of light. This is for us a moment and an opportunity. This is a time that's given to us by God, and we should use every mean necessary to be opportunistic, to be zealous, to be passionate, and to live right in this moment. Utilize the time that we have with our kids that we didn't have before, if your kids are home from school. If you cannot go to work, then find the time to learn, find the time to serve, find the time to connect in all the ways that you could not before. If you find yourself ill, 
for any reason, then indeed this is a time and an opportunity for you to uh, reconnect with God and to find support and love in the people around you. In all of these things, whenever we, uh, whenever we contemplate the idea of difficulty, we have to look to the saints. We have to look to our forefathers. As we turn to the saints, I'm going to bring the example of Revont Yeretz, uh, Father Revont the Elder, um, who is uh, one of the saints of uh, the Battle of Averair. And after the battle was lost, and he and the clergy, the leadership of the Armenian church, were captured and they were imprisoned um, by the Persians, they suffered greatly for a long period of time, and they were, um, they were coerced to reject Christ, to give up their faith, and accept the Persian religion. They never gave in, but despite their suffering, they also never allowed their character, goodness, or virtue to be impacted. And according to the historian, what was said by the Persians of uh, Revont Yeretz and his companions was the following. What shall we do? How shall we behave toward this inscrutable group of Christians? Their behavior is outstanding while they are alive. They despise material things like those who already have everything. They revere their saints like incorporeal beings. They are dispassionate as honorable people, and they are as fearless as immortal creatures. Uh, this, for me, sums up what it means to live our best and our most joyful and peaceful Christian life in the midst of chaos, in the midst of, um, of difficulty, in the midst of crisis, whether it's now or at some future date when there's either some personal crisis happening or something of a larger scale as we find ourselves at this time. I'm going to conclude the message today, following which um, we will offer a prayer, a prayer for uh, protection and for healing um, during this time for those who are present, those who are watching, and for um, all of our communities as well. Amen. Please rise. <laughs> 